On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. A young woman sexually assaulted. Heroin bagged and sold by dealers in plain sight. Cocaine openly sniffed off tables. Staff terrorised by thuggish behaviour. Well, these are just some of the accounts collated by Irish Rail staff in 2021. And for the public, an increase in antisocial behaviour across our trains has also been noticed. One such video went viral last May after a woman was pushed on the train tracks by a gang of youths at Hoth Junction Dart Station. What is behind this terror on the train? How has antisocial behaviour accelerated so much in the past year across our public transport system? And what can we do to keep passengers and workers safe? Central to our job is ensuring we're providing the best possible service, ensuring people are safe, and that means preventing antisocial behaviour. It was certainly one of the most scary train rides I've had in a long time and it was very intimidating. Look, we just cannot have our members uh, going to work in fear of their lives at this stage. I'm Siobhan Maguire and on today's Indo Daily I'm joined by Alison Bray, Senior News Reporter at the Irish Independent, Dermot O'Leary, General Secretary of the National Bus and Rail Union and Barry Kenny, Corporate Communications Manager at Irish Rail. Transport Minister has said he was shocked at how many women reported feeling unsafe on public transport. He was reacting to a report which showed that over half of women surveyed said they would not use public transport after dark or late at night. Alison Bray, senior news reporter at the Irish Independent. You had your own encounter on public transport earlier this year. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, well, it was back in the summer. It, it, it was in July during the heat wave. And it was the first time that I'd been on uh, the Northern Commuter Line, which is the, the train I normally take uh, into town, pretty well since the whole pandemic started. So, um, you know, it was a lovely sunny day. I was meeting up with some friends in Malahide for a picnic. And so I got the train in Scaries. That was fine. It was early afternoon, maybe. I I can't remember now, but probably around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So I got on the train. And the first thing I noticed um, that was a bit disconcerting was um, most of the people, uh, again, a lot of young people were on the train. Very few of them were, were wearing, wearing masks. Uh, very few of them were you know, paying any attention to the social distancing on the train. They were all sitting together in groups. And 
there was one particular table um, a few uh, seats over from me where there was a group of young teenage girls that were basically just sitting there together chatting. And um, so uh, that, that was going on. And then suddenly from the next carriage over, this young man who I'd put in, say, in his early 20s, literally kind of burst through the door and literally kind of swaggers over to the group of women or young girls and basically starts chatting them up. And he was definitely making references to drug taking and I, sort of the implication was that he was inviting them to take part. And then he suddenly just lights up a cigarette. And um, so meanwhile, there's a man sitting across from the table who's sitting there on his own, minding his own business. I would say he'd be in his maybe mid-40s, reading, uh, basically just reading on his laptop. And he just casually turned over to the man and said, the man that was smoking, and said, um, smoking's not allowed on the train. Would you please put out your cigarette? And he did this in a very non-confrontational you know, manner, just basically making a polite request. And to this, this young man just literally exploded in a rage and just said, basically uttered some expletives and said, um, basically, I'll put your cigarette, mind your own business, or I'll put the uh, cigarette, cigarette out on your eye. And I think, uh, Alison, you, you you recalled that particular incident um, as just sitting there frozen in fear. And it's, yeah. it, it's not so much that, you know, people could say, well, you weren't exactly um, targeted, Alison, yourself. But it, that doesn't matter. It's when there's an undercurrent of that kind of aggression or intimidation within your vicinity, it is so natural for you to feel absolute fear. Oh, yeah. And I mean, everybody was. I mean... Th- you know, the other passengers all looked absolutely shocked. And um, I was going to go over to the man that intervened and just say, look, I saw that and I'm absolutely appalled by, by what I've witnessed. And I, But I just held back. I, I don't want to say I was being cowardly, but I just thought, well, if I'm talking to him, what if the guy comes back and then decides to target me? So, yeah, no, I absolutely felt intimidated by the whole thing. And I just thought, well... As much as I hate to do it, the best thing is just to look the other way. Well, last month we had TD Alan Farrell on Ortiz Liveline recounting his own experience of toxic masculinity on a dark journey where there were chants uh, from young men of let's rape her towards uh, a, a young woman. I witnessed a group of lads and a couple of ladies with them, probably early 20s, very early 20s, mm-hmm. getting on the train, I think in either Tara or Connolly, very loud, not a mask between them. And during the course of the journey, a number of women got off the train and there were calls of let's rape her a number of occasions, unfortunately. How do you feel, Alison, on your, your daily trips now on public transport? Well, because of the pandemic and I've been working from home, I haven't really been using it. Um, but it's interesting. It's really this whole atmosphere of menace um, seems to have arisen during the pandemic because prior to the pandemic, um, I was taking the train every day into work. Never was there ever a problem, um, certainly, in, you know, throughout the day, never had any issue. Even coming home, if you were getting the, the late train, uh, coming back from town, um, you know, after midnight, rarely would I ever feel threatened or 
you know, basically um, intimidated. Um, you might have a few people that had had a few too many drinks, say, on a Friday night or something. But, you know, it was generally good-natured. Um, there was never any feeling of threat. Whereas, um, as I said, since the pandemic, I think a lot of it is that because the trains were so free, you know, there was only maybe five trains a day going into town and back. So they were fewer and far between, and there just didn't seem to be anybody around that you could appeal to. So it almost seemed like these people had sort of taken over and were using the train basically as a uh, a meeting place. Alison, do you feel safe on public transport? I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'd be intimidated enough that I wouldn't take the train. But there's always that sense of what am I going to be walking into? The head of the rail union is calling for a security blitz on trains following claims of drug abuse and repeated antisocial behaviour on certain routes. Now, the issue came to the fore again last week when the Houston to Cork service was held up because the driver received a report of alleged drug abuse on board. Dermot O'Leary, General Secretary of the National Bus and Rail Union, I spent uh, yesterday evening reading through the many accounts from staff detailing their experiences of antisocial behaviour throughout their working weeks. Some of the stories are quite shocking, aren't they? The, the level uh, of incidents and, and the seriousness of, uh, of incidents have been rising, you know, year on year. And again, look, you mentioned some of the, the cases that we sent to, to the company last Friday and didn't copy the Taoiseach and Minister of Justice, Minister of Transport. Uh, and again, I suppose do, those are a flavour. 28 of them, I think, we sent in. Now, that's only you know, a small amount of what's happening on a daily basis there. Uh, I was in Cork a number of weeks ago. I mentioned in the correspondence. Uh, I was in Cork a number of weeks ago to hear firsthand uh, from people that I know quite well over the years down there. You know, And it's like, I mean, some of the stuff, and I know these people very well. They used to work quite a lot of them in network catering and people that travel on trains regularly would know what that was. That was the original Irish Rail catering. It's gone about 15, maybe about 15 years. And they used to enjoy going to work, even though the wages weren't great, you know, to be fair, you know what I mean? But they, they, loved, they loved their job then. And when they migrated into customer services was and improved their terms and conditions, as it were, they had to look forward to a whole new world. But it just didn't last too long, again, because it's this, uh, you know, uh, antisocial behaviour. So it is quite horrendous and something needs to give. Obviously, I've been saying that. Uh, for quite a while, we, we, we had a leaflet campaign, I think approximately five years ago, just to alert people to it. I've been submitting to departments, uh, government departments for years, even during COVID, you know, we, we put two submissions into the COVID committee and mentioned this issue as an ongoing issue during the pandemic as well. And Dermot, people who work in the hospitality or retail sector might be able to relate to the idea of having to deal with the odd, aggressive customers, say. Now, for Irish rail staff, what they are telling you is that this has gone to an absolute extreme level. So you have open drug dealing, you have uh, aggressive, abusive behaviour, you have people refusing to wear masks, you have people squaring up to women on the train, female staff members being followed off the train. I mean, it's it's really extreme. Yeah, I suppose, look, you touched on a few things. I mean, look, in terms of the female, like a, lot of the, a lot of the people we represent in the front line are female. That's just, you know, the nature of the job. That's what they're doing. They want to do that as customer service. And we have, a, you know, I suppose a good mixture of, 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 of the sexes, really, men and female. 
Ireland. But certainly some of the cases that we either read, people that read in their newspapers over the weekend and heard uh, from staff themselves would, would, would attest to the fact that girls are being threatened with rape, they're, uh, you know, sexual assault, you know, and it's it, it's it's beyond what's acceptable. You know, none, none of that language is acceptable in society anyway, but that's got way, on, way beyond what's acceptable. In terms of people working in hospitality, they're probably well used to, to, to engaging with this type of behaviour as well. Of course, there, there is a, a significant difference between working on a train and working in a, a restaurant in a bar, if I may say that, because of the fact you're trapped, so to speak, on a train. And again, that, that ties probably in with, with, with what we've been asking for for quite a while is a dedicated a guard of public transport division uh, where people know there's, a, there's actually a guard, a guard of force within the Gary itself that are actually detailed to look after public transport. It's not the panacea in itself. If, you know, I, I mean, people will still misbehave in a pro- or in, and behave inappropriately, but at least the fact that they're there and if there were sanctions and consequences for their actions, people might think twice before engaging in, in the type of behaviour they're engaging in. National Bus and Rail Union is to ballot its members for industrial action over anti-social behaviour on trains directed at staff and customers. The union claims its members have endured assaults and have witnessed drug taking and drug dealing. Erin Rotheran says security on trains has been increased significantly in recent years. When will you ballot members on industrial action? That is commencing this week. Uh, it'll take a number of weeks because of the spread, the geographical spread of our membership. Uh, it should be completed by, you know, probably the second last week or the last week in November. If there's a need at that stage, if the mandate is forthcoming from our members, and if there's a need at that stage, uh, depending on what happens in between, uh, to serve uh, uh, no, uh, serve notice of action, then we'll do that uh, uh, commencing in December. And obviously the appalling vista, if you like, of train services has been disrupted in the run to Christmas. Uh, and we're all hoping for a, for a, for a, a normal, although the, the portents are not good in relation to that, we're all hoping for a normal Christmas. And, and the disputes around the railway, is that something we want on the trade union side? But unfortunately, unless something gives in this space, uh, they were going to have to look at, uh, at exactly that and uh, having some disputes just to highlight the issue even further. Irish Rail is to introduce on-the-spot fines to discourage anti-social behaviour on the Dart line in Dublin. The company is to increase security at a number of stations after an increase in complaints about young people engaging in threatening and abusive behaviour. Barry Kenny, Corporate Communications Manager at Irish Rail. This issue of antisocial behaviour on our trains, across our trains, it's been bubbling away all year. What's going on? I think if you look, I suppose, not just within the rail service, but more broadly in society, uh, antisocial behaviour is a trend that's trending for the worse. Uh, I think we've seen it in our cities a lot of reports, Dublin, Galway uh, in recent weeks. And we haven't been immune to that uh, on the rail service. There's certainly been, I think, a COVID-19 factor around it in terms of particularly earlier in the year before a lot of reopening had happened. We had a lot of kind of groups gathering and uh, and issues that arose with that as well. And then some particular issues that are peculiar to this era whereby, for example, when there was extensive road checks on the network uh, or on the, on the road network uh, as part of the various lockdowns, um, we did have the phenomenon of, of, of some organised groups taking to the train 
to move drugs. And uh, so there are things that probably would not have happened uh, were it not for COVID. But overall, it's certainly a trend that unfortunately we, we have seen worsening. We have been putting in place measures and, and we see it stabilising and indeed slightly improving now as well. But it would be wrong to deny that as, a, as an issue, say for us in your air and anything more generally, uh, it has not been uh, as a, a time when we've seen things going in the right direction. And you can understand why people are, are a little bit frightened by this and, and indeed staff as well. Well, definitely, because obviously, you know, the vast majority of people, if they travel, they're not going to have an incident. Um, but if you're working every single day on the train or in the stations and there is a worsening trend, you're going to directly see that. There's no avoiding that. Um, and uh, we've been working with our employees. I mentioned that issue of, of, of the movement of drugs, for example. Um, getting that feedback from uh, the employees meant we were able to work with the Gardaí. There was undercover Gardaí then travelling on the train and we actually, the, there was, the Gardaí were able to make arrests and remove an issue where there was drugs being transported between Killarney and Cork on the rail service, for example. Getting that information from the employees is is obviously central to how you, you resolve it. Working with them in terms of the the joint operations with Gardaí, which we've had, we've had a lot of patrols out. I mean, I think if you if you're travelling, particularly in the evenings, uh, in the dark, right through the summer, joint patrols happening from COVID measures to 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 fare evasion to prevention of antisocial behaviour. Last week for Halloween week, I mean, every year you would see a spike in antisocial behaviour around that time having those joint operations right through the week uh, meant that we were able to prevent those those issues. It's, it's midterm, it's, it's, it's Halloween, things come together. Uh, so it's about looking at those trends and patterns. And then the, the protocols with the Gardaí have really become very, very strong, down to the fact that if you take the Dublin, the Dublin to Cork route, which I know uh, the MBRU have, I suppose, kind of raised in particular as an issue, our train hosts on board that now have a direct contact to rapid response hubs in both Portleash and Thurless Garda stations. So as, the, as that train travels, if there is an issue, we can get that response directly uh, to the station. So um, certainly nobody, you know, and, and, and like some of the details that, that, that have been seen in the reports, they're, they're very upsetting to, to see, to think that colleagues are experiencing that or that anybody going out to their daily work uh, has been faced with the kind of, you know, threatening or intimidating uh, or, or abusive, in some cases, you know, sexually threatening uh, language that's, that's being used. Uh, so it is upsetting uh, to see that. But we need to put in place, I suppose, the, the, the systems, that, and we have been, systems and support to enable there to be a response and indeed, importantly, to prevent as well. How heavily are you leaning on Gardaí? Because the Gardaí will say that they're, they're overstretched and under-resourced. I mean, is this something that um, Irish Rail is working on? I mean, how many Irish Rail employees are employed specifically to deal with antisocial behaviour? Well, we have, as was a, a senior security advisor, uh, Aidan Reid. He's a former chief superintendent within the Gardaí, actually. And the reason we recruited uh, Aidan a, a couple of years ago was to ensure that we understood and we had the knowledge to understand the workings of the Gardaí, so how we could make it easier for the Gardaí to work with us. Uh, and that's been hugely important. Um, we have just last week advertised internally and externally for additional resources there as well, specifically focused on working on prosecution and working on prevention me measures uh, also. We have then, in terms of our security, we have a private security firm and we've got up to 20 teams operating on a daily basis through that security firm. So they're 
role is to focus on that security uh, exclusively. Our customer service staff, their job is to make everybody's journey a, a more pleasant experience. They're not security guards. But, but when we put more customer service officers on board our trains, it does mean that the customer obviously then has a person to contact that if there is an issue and they can escalate it. But that's, you know, it helps in having a point of reference, but their job isn't about preventing antisocial behaviour. It is those security teams. And I say we have up to 20 of those. And then we have a central hub, which is staffed by both private security and our own staff, which live monitors at all times the CCTV from stations around the greater Dublin area and again means we can move those security resources around uh, to address that. Will there be a strike? We hope not. I don't. I genuinely don't believe either trade unions or employees who have concerns about this want to disrupt the service. They know uh, and look right through COVID have ensured that for people who, who had to travel through the lockdowns or, you know, are essential workers, that there has been a service there for them and they've worked consistently and worked brilliantly uh, through that. Um, we understand the frustration. Of course we do. Uh, it, we, sh- we share it. But we do believe and we're going to, we will obviously be engaging further with, with our unions and employees to outline what's happening, how we can make it better how they can help us in that process as well. We hope that that will, I think, convince that the trends are going the right way, that the measures are the right ones, and that industrial action, which will only disrupt people who are law-abiding and trying to go about their business, that's not going to solve it. It's, it's going to be a joint effort, and, and you know we, we're up for it, and we, we will put more resources towards it. Well, that was today's episode of the Indo-Daily, presented and produced by myself, Siobhan Maguire, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips courtesy of independent.ie and RTE. You can listen to the Indo-Daily wherever you get your podcasts. 